Real estate investing is not one size fits all. It doesn't matter what the guru says. It's not one size fits all. Not everybody should start wholesaling and then progress until they have a big, huge portfolio. That's not how everyone's path should be. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here and Heather Marchant. We're going to do another lightning round. We're actually, well, I probably shouldn't commit to doing a lightning round. We're going to do a, hopefully, a lightning round. A slow lightning round again? Yeah. <laughs> lightning like took a really big puff off of a. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Maybe like a lightning that dropped acid or something. I don't know. That's so funny. Just from things I've heard. I've never done either one of those, but I'm assuming. Yeah, you're going to drugs. I would have been like sloth lightning or like. <laughs> well, lightning isn't sloth like. So it would have to be altered by something. Mm, okay. Okay. So our lightning round may get altered by something. I'm just warning everybody in advance. I think sometimes we just like to belabor a point. I don't know. But there's some really good questions that have been coming in you guys have had. And we wanted to go through them and give them time that they deserve. But we knew they wouldn't take long enough for an entire podcast, like we said last week. So first question that came in, I like reading the questions, then you get to answer first in the hot seat. And then I follow up with the things that I unless I just toss it back at you, which may happen. <laughs> All right. So how do you know if the property is a right fit? Because that is something we ended last time on talking about our wealth plan mm -hmm. and giving a little context for you, Ron. So when we meet with people, it's actually pretty cool how we can know within that time period, it's usually like a 30, 45 minute phone call. We can know what properties are a good fit for people based on answers they've given to very specific questions. So there is two people, like you finished the last episode, two people can have $500,000 to invest. And we would recommend different things based on their situation, based on where the buckets, where the money's held, et cetera. So I think the other thing too, is that not only can we know, but they can know. Yes. And the reason is because we just explain rather than say, Hey, you should buy this property. We just explain like, look, these are the types of properties. Mm -hmm. These are the pros and cons to each one of these. And we can talk about that right now if you want to, you know? Yeah drop some acid and slow this thing down. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Somebody needs to like write in and let us know. Sometimes if you drop acid, does it speed things up? Does it always slow things down? I really don't know. I have no experience. Acid may be completely the wrong drug on this whole thing. Yeah, true. I'm pretty sure that marijuana slows things down all the time. Yeah. Maybe we should just take a hit of marijuana. <laughs> For the lightning. And of course, there's the, you know, there's the bowl. We could do a bowl. This, I have all of this knowledge from movies and shows. So I, I really. I was going to say, what is happening right now? I really don't know. Okay. So <laughs> I think we should slow this one down because this is really important. One of the things I think we should start with, Heather, is that there are a, like a ton of types of properties we've talked about on the show. Mm -hmm. We do not specialize in many of them. So I think we already said we don't really do short-term rentals, although it's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. We don't do wholesaling like at all, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. We personally don't do rehabs, although we sell them. Mm -hmm. And we don't really do a ton of commercial properties, even though I buy them, Heather buys them, and we do sell a handful of them. Yes. So we should just start with that. You know, we don't have self-storage units like on the site. Mobile home parks, we don't have, yeah. So setting all of that aside, yeah. I mean, now of normal one to four family 
maybe a little bit larger than that, residential properties, there are still a few different classes of those properties. Yep. That's what I think we should probably hit. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because when we're in our conversation with people, we typically say, hey, look, there's A, B, and C class properties. And here's the pros and cons to each one of these classes of property. Mm -hmm. Because you can have A, B, and C class properties in Alabama, in Missouri, in California, in you know, all these places, right? Well, in each one of those markets, they're still going to have basically the same pros and cons. And so from those, you'll be able to at least eliminate usually at least one of those, maybe two, which leaves you with a class that we're one of the classes that we're working with. And that's how we narrow things down. So let's go through those. And then of course, there's other class, like there's D class, we just don't operate in the war zone. So we're just not even going to talk about those because we don't operate there. But A, B, and C class. I'll start with A and then I'm chucking B and C class to you. Okay. All right. So A class properties are new or newer construction properties. There's also the class of the property and the class of where they are, right? So an A-class property in an A-class neighborhood is a very nice area, new construction. And obviously, the pros to that is there's not a whole lot that can go wrong with that house. It's brand new. Yeah. It's in a really nice area. So crime's going to be low, all of that stuff, right? It's just a really solid area. You can have less turnover probably because where are they going to move? I mean, it's a new property. So upgrading is going to be pretty difficult. Right, because they're already in a new property. And crap, it's going to have the new home smell for like a year, maybe two years. They're really, really nice properties. Yeah. The downside is that because of that, you're probably going to get a little bit less of a cash return on investment. So you're going to give up a little bit of return for a little bit more safety in vacancy and maintenance. And that's in a very lightning round kind of a way. That's what a class property is. Okay. I'll go. So B-class properties are kind of like a step down from A-class. They're generally a little bit older. They tend to have lower rents, right, than your A-class properties. Not always, but if we're speaking in generalities, they typically are in like, you're going to have a super safe neighborhood, but maybe the properties on the street are just a little bit older, right? So I actually really love B-class neighborhoods. So I think that it's a really good option for an investment for sure. Whereas if you're moving into more C-class neighborhoods, you're typically looking at homes that are even older than B-class, I would say. Usually they're in still in a really desirable location, but less desirable than B-class. So you're still safe, but maybe an older neighborhood, maybe more homes are needing to be fixed up or renovated. Yeah, that's my synopsis on C, but still safe. Like, whereas D-class properties, like I wouldn't feel comfortable as a woman walking down the street after dark. That's your D-class neighborhoods. <laughs> That's how I define D-class, which is subjective. Some people feel safe and others do not. Or the financial district in downtown San Francisco. Yeah. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> I think I did. But I think the other thing too, is we have single family and then there's multifamily. So like duplexes. Hang on. Does that mean that the downtown like financial district that used to be really, really nice is now D-class because Heather wouldn't feel comfortable walking. I'm not sure I would feel comfortable walking down there. I mean, maybe. Yeah, that's true. I don't get to carry a gun in California. So yeah, maybe not. Good point. So does that mean it's a D-class? I'm just throwing it out there to the audience. So you guys can write in, let us know. <laughs> Somebody's out there right now in San Francisco getting mad at me. Well, then I should elaborate. The D-class is like usually boarded up windows. The yards are usually shockingly unkept, right? Like 
like feces and needles and stuff like that? Yes, like that. (laughs) I'm just curious, but that's okay. Like as you leave that district, it gets better. And so I think the rest of San Francisco is probably pretty nice still. Yeah. At least last time I went there, it was really pretty. I actually stayed in the financial district too, which is sad. I feel bad for it. Hopefully somebody can rehab it. That's true. Let's bring it up to C-class at least. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Sorry. We just fell off the rails again. It's always my fault. Heather rarely derails us. No, not always. But yeah, sometimes I can be long-winded. So I guess the answer to the question is you get to choose which one of those is best for you. Yeah. Because you can make money in any of the three. And some people tell me you can make money in the D class too, although it's not probably worth the headache. That's how you choose. And that's how you know whether it's right for you. Yeah. I would say a couple other things too that I've seen is people talking about what type of return they're looking for, right? Because A-class properties don't have as high of a rate of return as your B and C-class properties. So that's a qualifier. And then the amount of funds you want to deploy because A-class properties are typically more expensive. And then you get into the residential multifamily of duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, and those all are a little bit obviously more expensive. So having the amount of money to deploy is kind of something that you can be a filter, I guess, for this. Mm -hmm. And then you also have your like risk tolerance level, right? So some people are just not excited about owning renovated properties. It's just not their jam where other people lean toward that. That's where I started was renovated properties and I liked it. So, And I can say that it's very rare we have someone who has crazy challenges with new construction. Yeah, There's a solidly larger number, in spite of the fact that it's still small, of people who have challenges with C-class properties. Yeah. And that is literally the difference. That said, we've had several clients who have bought an enormous amount of C-class properties and their whole mindset when they went into it was, hey, listen, out of the 10 I buy, if I get a dog in there, I'll just sell it yeah. and replace it. And the returns are so much higher potentially on the C-class properties on the cash flow, which is what they were after, that they were willing to roll the dice on that, right? So it really is an individual thing. I've said this from the stage for years. Real estate investing is not one size fits all. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what the guru says. It's not one size fits all. Not everybody should start wholesaling and then progress until they have a big, huge portfolio. That's not how everyone's path should be. So that's why we take so much time on our calls and that's why we build the wealth plan. So we show you all of this stuff so that you can understand and make an educated decision. Exactly. Very good summary. Slow lightning. Yeah, slow lightning. Okay, next one. I love this one. We've had feedback on our social media. Ron, you told me about this. Hmm. I think it was from me talking about raising rent on my property and how awesome it is. Yes, the trolls. We did have some trolls. Yes, that uh, taking advantage of hardworking people and things like that Uh and kind of demonizing landlords as not looking out for people, et cetera. And, you know, it was funny a couple of weeks ago, I was just thinking about how rental properties fill a need. And there's obviously a need because the government incentivizes landlord owners right? So there is a need for rental properties in the market and kind of taking a deeper dive into that because I think that helps when people assume, I guess, that landlords are just greedy people looking to take advantage of people because man, I mean, I lived in a rental property when my husband and I were first married 
And we lived in that rental property for six years before we moved to a second rental property for another year and a half or two years before buying our first house. And man, we lived in a really nice neighborhood that we could not have bought a house at that time in that neighborhood. And number two, it was a time where qualifying for loans was nearly impossible. It was during the last cycle. And we had savings, we had down payment, we both were working and could not qualify to buy a house. And so we rented for a long time. And we were really good tenants. In fact, when we lived in that house for six years, when we moved out, they told me they didn't even have to clean the carpets. Like we were good tenants, right? So I think that filled a need for me at that time in my life, for sure. Heather, I will buy you guys a house to live in if you pay me rent. <laughs> I know, right? Based on that story, <laughs> I would love to have you as my tenant. I know. I was pretty clean. It was... I would really love it if I didn't have to do anything to the carpets when someone moves out after how many years? Six. Yeah. Six. Yeah. That's impossible. Okay. <laughs> Everybody wants Heather in their house. She clone her and her family and put them in all the houses. I remember taking offense a couple times when new clients would talk to me and say that tenants are like the worst. And if they were good tenants, they'd just buy a house. I remember them saying that to me. I mean, I worked in real estate while renting because the rent was so cheap. I had a great landlord. And I will say on the air, because it's good for posterity, that I paid $450, including all utilities for a basement apartment. So why in the world I would have moved? It was like internet, everything included. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, those days are over, friends. I'm going to retract my statement. I do not want Heather as my tenant. Well, it was not that long ago either. So it was just a really good situation. That is a really good situation. Yeah. So I will say that that worked for us and it filled a need. My husband was in school and we didn't know where we would end up once he was out of school. So there is situations where people need a rental because of that story alone, right? Can't qualify for a mortgage. Situational, that a school temporary assignment, whatever. And look, there's a whole bunch of people who just don't want to buy a house because they don't want to have to fix anything. Yeah, that's true. They just want the easy button and they just don't want to own. And that's okay too. Yeah. I love those people too. It does serve a need. And I think that need's going to grow. Yeah. I don't think it's going to get any better because the affordability gap is going to grow over the next many years. Inflation is making everything more expensive. Housing is going to continue to be more expensive, which means rents are going to be more expensive Mm -hmm. and the ability to purchase is going to be even harder to come by. Yeah. So I think there's going to be an even bigger need for rental properties. Yes, I agree. I'm going to throw out a couple more instances. I have a family member who had some significant student loans and equity in her house. And she said, you know what? I would rather rent and not have all of this. They had a lot of student loan debt. I would rather pay off student loans and rent like take advantage of the equity that I have right now. And so she's still renting and waiting for the market to come down, which I don't know if is going to happen. But I think that fills a need also, right? right? That she was a homeowner and she's a renter like I am. I mean, the house is impeccable and kept really well. And also in the last market cycle, you had people that lost their homes to foreclosure and they needed to rent. Yep. Everyone needs a place to live. So they can't always buy they can borrow, as my kids call it. Like, oh, they borrowed the house that we live. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think those are really important to remember. 
as rental property owners, that the need that you're filling. And then as listeners who maybe haven't started down this path yet, but are assuming that people are just greedy that own rental properties and own real estate, I just disagree. (laughs) Strongly disagree. We'll probably have trolls on this one too. Yeah. That's okay. We love the trolls. They help things go viral. That's true. Thank you. So I think those were the main questions that we wanted to cover today that we received of looking for how the property is a right fit and why rental properties fill a need. I'm just grateful the government sees the need and gives us tax incentives for buying rental property. Yeah. And I heard a um, tall tale that they may be trying to extend the owner's depreciation, which would be fantastic. Yeah. So it would be so fantastic. Yeah. I mean, goodness. Let's do it. I check the news every once in a while just to see any updates. I'll take back one negative thing that I've said about the government if they extend the bonus depreciation. (laughs) I'll take it back a whole one thing that I've said about them. I am very curious what one thing you would pick. What one thing would you pick to take back? I don't know. Maybe I'll just change it from self-interested greedy people to that's a positive thing for everybody else who owns real estate. True. Instead of just calling them greedy and self-interested, I'll just say because they're greedy and self-interested, they did this really wonderful thing for everybody else. Yeah, solid. And I think that expands their hearts. I think it does. (laughs) Their hearts are growing three sizes. Yeah. (laughs) If there's anything positive that can come from this session of Congress, that's it probably. And it's probably the only thing because I think pretty much everything else that they're going to do is probably not going to be good for anybody except for them. I mean, they'll be popular. You know, they get to get on the news and bash each other and bash us too in their own ways. But on this one thing, if they do it, they will be heroes for a day in all of our minds who own real estate. Yeah. Let's just all light a candle for that. Some extension of bonus depreciation Mm -hmm. would be awesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. We'll light a candle for all those guys up there and gals and whatever else is up there. So love them all. Yeah. And on that happy note, Heather... Yeah. Till next week, get out there and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.